we are set. I like short introductions because I want your focus to be with Jesus and his presence. Amen? But I also want you to get to know me. Because <laughs> I don't want you to be like, who the heck is that guy? Uh, so I am sorry, first and foremost, for disappointing you. Uh, your good-looking pastor is not here today. You just have to deal with me, okay? You just have to deal with this. But it's an honor. It's an honor to be here. Uh, if I may say, for those of you who, oh my God, this is like the first time like I preach in a, in a theater. It's like, now I can check it, like I preach in a theater. Um, so before I begin and dive in to what God has put in my heart to share with you, let me just say this. For those of you who doesn't know yet, by the way, you have every liberty to tone, tone me down, put me down because I could get loud, so just give you up. Yeah. I want to say this, and I want to look at you in the eye and say thank you. For the bottom of my heart, in behalf of New Life Church, that you guys are one of the church that's actually supported our church. Amen? All right. Well, I don't know about you, but that deserves a clap offering. Let's go. All right. Because if you're feeling that, okay, we're just a small church and stuff, no. Regardless of your size, God is looking at people to make an impact in your community. Amen? And not knowingly, you're already making an impact, not only in my life, but in that church in Kissimmee, Florida. So I started there October. So I've been in the ministry for a while. I'm old, like you saw. I mean, I'm always like happy to share those things. So I am looking forward to be an empty nester and kick all my kids out. How many of you uh, parents? I saw a lot of raised hands. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. They, they, didn't, they didn't raise their hands. They were... But literally, I'm excited for this season of my life, right? How many of you really look forward to that? That your kids, all the sacrifices, all the... Sorry, Kat, you, you have a long way to go. Sister Kat, I'm sorry. But I'm in that season of my life now. I said, wow, Lord, I, well, I get to see this, right? I get to see it. And so the reason why I'm, I want you to, to understand this is that... Um, as we look at the scripture, as we look at 1 Samuel 19, not only that it is so pivotal and critical in a theological and historical background, and that's actually Pastor Norbert's job, and so I'm glad I saw your, I saw your, what do you call that, your, your, the, the bulletin, the bulletin, everything is there, and I could have just given that to you and closed in prayer and we're good to go. I mean, you are blessed to have someone to lead you and equip you in a manner that all of us strive for. But so Norbert is a good friend of mine, even before we are pastors, and tell you what, he's done an amazing job of leading you and equipping you to go into the scriptures. Our desire as pastors. So when I started last October, my desire is to bring our congregation back to the very fundamentals of reading the scripture. Amen? Because without it, it will be difficult to live our lives and follow God if we don't hear and see God's word. Amen? You guys, you guys believe me? Yes? So don't take my word for it because God says in his scripture, as you feed our body, God says, 
There's only one way that you can feed your spirit and your soul. And what is it? Is that a statement or a question? I'm going to tell you, Pastor Norbert. She was like, no, no, I, by the way, you get to know me. Like, I, I love to get involved. So for those of you in the front, be ready for answers. I'm going to go, yeah. I love to involve. For those of you guys are lucky, you're so far, I can't ask you. So for those of you, just be ready. I love for you, for you to be engaged. It's not because of I'm just dumping disinformation and stuff. So let me just remind you that God says that as, you, as, as important as it is to feed your, your, your physical Take this. God says that your spiritual life matters more. Your, say it with me, your spiritual life matters more. Now, for an onset, yes, it's mattered to you because God is blessing you. God is, you know, growing you. God is making you, uh, you know, creating an impact in your life. It's making you somebody. Those are, those are the, the obvious but I want you to realize that God is also through your life, in your spiritual life. God, who is a generational God, as we see in First Samuel and all throughout the scriptures, is continuing his plan, carefully crafting every detail of who you are. And so when you come here this morning and you say you don't feel it, let me just remind you, you're here not by accident. Amen? Amen? And some of you are like literally slept at 3 a.m. I'm not going to mention who, who that person is. Uh, but, but the reason why I think that it's so important for you to be here, because I don't want you to realize that, because sometimes we can get into this mundane of week to week. Like I go to church, check. I talk to pastors, check. I read my Bible, check. Understand the week to week God is bringing you closer to your purpose, to your value, and to your impact. Amen? That every person sitting here in this beautiful theater has a plan. And unless you and I engage in that plan, Pastor Norma's ministry is not going to be fulfilled. I get it that Pastor has called equip you, but the legwork and everything else is in the body of Christ. Amen? Alright, so how many of you are familiar with this story that we're going to be looking at today? Yes? By raising hands? If you're not familiar, I am sorry. You're going to have to read it on your bulletin board, alright? Because we do not have a time to read all of them. So I'm going to get your background just a little bit, right? I know you guys are done with your series, but so you guys are starting to uh, with a new series. So I figure I'm going to go jump in the same book that you are and just kind of con connect the ties. When you were growing up, for those of you who's growing up, how many of you remember that connecting the dots? Raise your hands, those are younger people. Just be proud, right? I remember when my first learning, I loved it. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, those of you younger? Connecting the dots is just by numbers, one, two, three. The younger one is not saying, so I know you guys are older too. You guys, you still remember it? Connecting the dots are. Here's why I love it. Because I remember, I was like, you used to just see a bunch of numbers and dots, and so it's all over time. What the heck is this, right? Like, what? And then you begin to like, one, and then two. Like, oh, see, now then you begin to see what? 
What do you begin to see? A, a picture, a figure, right? So my feeling is this. When you and I are looking at the scripture, always remember that God is connecting dots. Dots and dots. Dots that you're not ready for, dots that you're ready now, and dots that are still to come and you're not familiar with it. And I remember growing up and saying, I'm just excited. I think that's the part. Oh, I know this. I'm good at this and stuff. Until I see like 100 numbers. And I'm like, okay, I'm tired. I don't like this. So my ADD started kicking in. I was like, okay, I'm done. I know the picture. But you see, the reason why I share that to you is that sometimes you and I can get tired of scripture. Let's be honest. You hear? Sometimes we get tired of this God thing, Jesus and stuff. Yeah, I know it is already. But can I just say to you this morning that what we are looking at and studying in the scriptures has not only amazing thing to tell you of who you are in your DNA, but it also holds the key for you to unlock from where you are now to where you're going. Amen? So for those of you sitting here, I was like, well, I don't really know what my purpose is. Well, I'm glad that you're here because you're part of the body and God has a great plans for you. Amen? Say that, with, say that to your next door. I said, God has a plan for you while you're here, while I drink water. Mean it. And just say, mean it. You know, there's something when you and I verbalize all this truth. So today, 1 Samuel 19, let me just see to the background. 1 Samuel, what happening here is about three characters. It's about David. So, who else? Who? You're always saying it's like a question. You know that. Just God, you got this, sister. It's Jonathan, right? And then the beautiful part of this story is that, yes, you have these three main characters, but don't forget that it's still God's story. Amen? But as we wrestle to this story, I love the scripture because it brings you down to the level that you and I are now able to connect. Amen? So now you don't get to say, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a missionary, so the Bible has nothing to do with me. No, 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 no. Your every fiber and DNA and your backbone as a Christian has a lot of things to do with what God says in a scripture. So while you're here, I want you to realize that God has a plan in your life. And as I say that God has a plan, know this. Every intricate detail of what you do, and this is when we become serious, needs to be given and brought back to the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I'm not just talking about finances, not just talking about your time, your tithe, your giftings, your singing voice. What I'm saying is that your full identity as a Christian, as a child of God, lies in the very fabric of his word. I want you to understand that. That's why right now you would not hear me say, hey, you're a Christian, you should read your Bible. No. 
If I'm a person who is searching for who I am and my identity and my value and impact, you know where to look. Amen? Is that an exciting part, right? Because there are times life happens. Where are the moms? Moms, raise your hands. You're way up there. You need to come down here a little bit, mom. Uh, All right, for the moms, the day-to-day sometimes get to us, right? And we love our kids. But sometimes, let me just be honest, we want kids, right? We, I mean, come on, I'm just going to be brave. But, but the reason being is because we get so bombarded with this day-to-day mandate that, that kind of removes us away from our own identity. And I really truly believe that this, what you're reading, is so timely that David... Even if there is a bounty on his head, it did not deter him to pursue and serve this one king that he was called to serve. Isn't that amazing? That's the background of the story. And then God has has added on the details about the friendship and then the whole purpose of God writing Samuel is for you to realize that regardless of the uncertainties in your life now, God is still working. Amen? Say that to your next door neighbor. God is working. You don't feel like it? God is working. Your bank account doesn't say it? God is working. Why do I get a lot of laugh in here? Right? Listen, guys, I want you to realize That the material things, yes, as important as it is, do not attach your identity to it. Amen? Never attach your identity to your career, to where you are, your circumstances, because those doesn't tell who you are. Who you are is what God says who you are. Amen? And so when you're here, do everything you can to be the child of God, to be part of the kingdom building of what it's doing. Amen? So a couple of things that I'm going to go share to you, and we're going to go reflect. Like I said, you have the thing it down, but I want you to just kind of journey with me as I reflect on a couple of things. Three things that I want you to realize how important it is for you to be aware of the details and the intricacy of your situation now. That God says, who you're with is very important. Amen. Have you heard the statement that says that show me your friends and I can already tell you who you are? Yes. Amen. For, For some, some of us sitting here, we don't even know who we are. And so by all means, we allow ourselves to be part of this friends and people that you and I are not supposed to be around with. That's how we are. I'm not saying do not. Uh, once you have become a Christian, uh, let go of your old friends and say, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that in any given time, you should be aware who you give your time to, who do you listen, uh, the voices that you listen to, and who do you follow. Amen? Because if I know that's important in my identity, I know God is saying that I use all these things to redirect you to where you're going. And the reason why a lot of Christians are stuck and burnout, and I don't, and then don't know where to go. We're part of, they, they want to be part of the church, 
is because of this identities issues. Amen? So in verse 1 to 10, you realize that the definition of friendship. I don't know about you, if you know the story of, I'm not just going to put that, I know I'm trying to avoid it and stuff, but regardless of what you would hear, now I'm hearing some crazy stuff about Jonathan and David's relationship. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus, okay? What they have is a genuine relationship between friends who is sharpening each other. That is so close that they know who they are, and Jonathan knows the plans of God that he can actually be in the middle of the situation. You know, we all grew up in the Philippines and stuff, and we, we hold so keenly on what the father figure is, right? And Jonathan knew that. So in verse 1, let's just begin in this dilemma. He says, so, my dad just woke up today and say, um, I want you all to kill Marion. I'm sorry, this is just an example. I'm s- <laughs> right? Some of you all get to just, Pastor just said that. This is what happening. The king literally made an order and says, I want you all to kill David. No explanation. He was the king. He's the, he's the authority. And he imagined this dynamic and says, wow, okay, I'm Jonathan. What am I going to do? Crap. Sorry, I can say crap in the pulpit, by the way. Imagine you have a close friend that has a bounty on his head and now about to die, and you know that God has called David and prepared David. And by the way, just to give you all the... David is such a, plays a critical part on not our just life, but in Jesus' life, because it's in David's lineage that actually Jesus, that you can trace him. This is how important it is. Amen? So can you imagine, so you step back. If Jonathan wasn't careful and David was just this Lucy, Lucy, they all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to go away. I'm just going to hide all my life and not going to be David anymore. Can you imagine where, do you, where you and I sit today? Right? How many of you have thought about that? See, as this is as important as Jesus' story, this is also important to your story. Because it continues to the body of Christ. Amen? The definition of friendship. Let me ask you something. How many of you have really close friends? Raise your hand. Close friends. Tell me something about your friend. Why are you close? I don't want to accept it that, that, that he treats you. Those are... I like him because he buys me food. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So tell me a little bit about it. Not the name. Just hide it in the name Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so sister here says that uh, she's got a friend because it is their relationship has, you know, confidentiality. So you got that comfortability of telling, you know, secrets. Those are good, right? Because you want a friend that you can trust. Amen? All right. You don't, you don't want to, your friends, oh, you know, Cam is like this. What? I told you that in, in confidence, right? So... Anybody else? Are you just saying that because she's behind you? No? Okay. Oh, you too. Okay. Okay, which sisters? You have too many. So you got two, right? So two of them. So tell me a little bit about it. Wow. Cool. I want a sister like that. So I love my sisters too. So 
I want you to go to come with me and, and, and journey in this dynamics, right? So the, the relationship between Jonathan and David is so critical at this point because something has to continue, and that's the work of God. As far as we connect the ties and say, okay, cool, so is that, yeah, is that meaning that I keep my close friends or everything? It's more than that. It's about God's story, that God's story has to continue. And so this is what I'm saying, that there are moments... situation in your life that you have to have somebody with you, a friend, a confidant that is able to tell you truths about you that nobody else is going to say. If my life is going down the drain and I don't seem to see it, and I have a friend who is quiet and didn't say anything about it. What would I call that friend? Why? Right? So the reason why I want you guys to hear this is because Jonathan stood in the gap between his not only dad, but a king who, if by any means, king says, I didn't care about you, a son, so you're also going to be beheaded and stuff together with David. That would have been a crazy, crazy situation, right? But because Jonathan is so close to God's word and he knew that there's a plan in David's life, he kept him safe through God's word. Amen. And my prayer to you that if you are around people that are like that, let me tell you, keep them. Continue to pray for them. Invest your life with them and engage them. But if you're around people that is not telling you what it is, that your life is going, your directions, you, don't, you need to stop. Here are some of the things that I know that you would not like for us to say to you because... You would say, well, pastor, just keep on teaching the scriptures and stuff. But yet the scriptures are so applicable now because some of us are playing with fire. that you're not supposed to be playing with fire. Amen? You're not supposed to be telling our brothers and sisters, hey, 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 whoa, whoa yeah, I see your life about to fall in a cliff. Can, you, can I just say stop? This is the dynamics of what happened. In, J in Jonathan and David's life, there's more to it than just engaging and being accountability. They knew that God has a plan. And they stuck with that plan regardless of what it would cost them. Amen? <clears throat> so it says here, I'm going to go put it all here. There you go. So he's not only by Saul's eye that he's not only betraying him as a father, but also as a king, like I said. But friendship involves taking risks to support one another. Friendship involves speaking up in, one's another, in one another's behalf. There's a cycle of danger, and there's got to be some protections and to be renewed on those lifestyles. Guys, I cannot overemphasize that as you look at this story, we're just not worship service, there's a message, we sing, you check, 
You know what's more important to me as a, as a pastor, as a leader, and I'm sure important to other pastors? Anybody wants to guess? About your life. You want to guess? I'm going to go over here. Because they're looking over here now because they don't want to. How about for you? What do you think that is so important for me so that I can see you live your life in a purpose with God? What do you think that would be? Any facet, any areas. Did I say I didn't speak two hours here for one hour? What is it? You're so shy. Oh, she really said, I'm sorry for you to spot. All right, hey, help her, somebody. What do you think is so important to me as your leader, as your shepherd, that I needed you to know when Sunday is already done? What is it? Mary and I, hands, we're talking about it already today. Yes? See it now? Anybody knows what see it is? You guys give up? Okay, well, don't give up easy. So listen. One of the things that are so important to me that I want you guys to know and to live is that what happens in that relationship of yours, Jesus Christ, of how you apply that Monday morning. I don't care about if you tithe every week. I don't care about if you show up every Wednesday. My prayer, as you're here, is that you know without a shadow of a doubt what to do the following day about your faith and about your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that you are surrounded with such close friends that know their value, know the direction of their life, that you continue to support one another, encourage one another, regardless of the circumstances. Amen? Always remember this. God not only moves his presence here in the church, but whenever you go out, he uses your life and mine to be the salt and life of the earth. Amen? All right, let's move on. It says, so protection by an intimate relative. So some of us, uh, of course, uh, male call, that's, uh, that's David's wife, right? Now, some of you married, okay, do we have somebody here that's been married for a long time? Or five years, five years. Ten years? Wow. Okay, congratulations, ten years. I love that you point that and say, this is it. Is it I, hope, I hope there's none there. I'm just kidding. It's like, this one right here, 10 years. I have about 15 years. 20 years? 37 like me? Uh, how many, how many, how many, how many years you got to be married? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, you're in trouble. So I'm going to ask you, Ate, how many, how many? Clap, clap. <clears throat> so, congratulations. Reason why I'm, I'm, I'm telling this to you is that so I've been married for 27 years. Woohoo! All right. We love marriage. We want to continue that. For those of you young, still planning today to marry, good luck. No, I'm just kidding. Find a, a really a God fearing man, all right? You find them at a church. Nowhere to go. Ask us, text us. But the reason why I'm saying this to you that Regardless of where you begin in your relationship and your marriage, or regardless of how seasoned you are, God actually moves in those intricacies, and he can still use your wife and your spouse. Sometimes to really wake you up in your slumber. For those of you guys that we have been married for 20 years, 7 years, and I know that sometimes that you think that your wife knows everything about you. 
wrong, <laughs> right? But what I want you to point out is that in this situation, Milkbar actually does something, even though there's a little kind of chaos to it because he uses the word idol in there and he kind of like, you know, kind of uh, fake something. I mean, it, something had to happen, right, for him to save. He just know, she just know that she had to do something in the stories and God and that David had to be saved, right? So she did what she could in God's leading to and then there are times in our life, I'll tell you what, that sometimes we just have to hear from those closest to us, not just friends, but our spouses and our husbands and wives. Don't discount of what they can say about you because God can use them. Amen? For your moms, for those singles that are still planning, learn from your parents. All right? I'm looking at this because there's a lot of singles in this the counsel of a wife can be perceptive and timely. The creativity of the, your wife can suggest a good plan. Now, that was the, the resorting to a tricky part because when you look at the details, you know, he uses an idol like for, for a Christian family. What is that idol into there? But hey, that's what's in the Bible, right? We need to learn from it. But at the end of it, what I'm so glad is God used that circumstances to save David. Amen? So this is the other. There you go. So this is the next part that I'm going to spend my time. And then we will close it. How many of you here has a mentor? Not tormentor, okay? Just mentor. <laughs> we all have tormentors in life, and those are good, but right? I use them too. Um, uh, let me tell you how important this is, okay? If you're here and you're new in faith, uh, this you don't learn in, 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 in Christian school and everything. But when you look at the scripture, there's a, God always prepare somewhat a succession and some guide in your faith. You guys know what the story of Paul and Timothy, right? Right? And of course, Jonathan and David and Abraham. And then you have Moses, you have Josh. The reason why I want you guys to realize is that no one here should say or tell to yourself that I am done, that I've reached the pinnacle of my faith. I know everything. I've done it all, and I'm just going back. We hear it a lot, right? When we see it on older people, we say, well, ah, been there, done that. <laughs> but I love you, my, my parents and grandparents and stuff. But don't ever say that because God is never done with you. Amen? The wisdom of the years that you have spent raising family and kids, the turmoil, the pain, and the hardship that you have come across, have wanted, pursued it, climbed it, swam it, whatever you name it. Those are the things that we need as youngsters. See, I just claim that I'm young. That's just so when you're here, here's what I want you to realize. Ask Pastor Norbert, Pastor, who can I mentor, a younger woman or a lady? If you're a gentleman, who can I mentor as a young fellow to share all my mistakes and my failures so they would never do the same mistake as I did? And if you haven't done that here, I challenge you and encourage you to do that. I'm going to tell you a story of, of the church, the, the dynamics of the church that we have. 
in Kissimmee, by the way, uh, they're watching, they're watching. Thank you for letting me be here and, and minister to you and, and to be here and, and give God's word to you. But what I love about our church is this. It's is simple. We knew we're small. Our focus is not there. But when we talked about our vision and our mission, this is where we're so locked in and together that our goal is to make an impact in our community. Come what may, rain or shine, we want our life, things that we learn in the scripture, to reflect immediately in those people that are around us. So we call ourselves the, not the church gathered, but the church scattered. That we want our community to be blessed by God because we knew that God is also there in the community, not just the church. And then I realized, so from October to now, then we begin to see that this culture that God is creating in us begin to materialize. I'll tell you what, I have a couple of young professionals there. I say, hey, Pastor, I'm sorry I couldn't make it Sunday. That's okay. Um, I, you know, it's okay for you to skip and stuff, but what are you doing? So I want to make sure that I know. So I'm just going to help a friend on the only Saturday that, that they are free. Okay, go ahead. Tell me about it. Don't forget who you are, your identity, and just go help that fellow. So a lot of us sitting here had this idea that Christianity only happens in a church or what we call Bible study or life group and stuff. But can I just ask you, as Marion and I were sharing a while ago, that God is the God of generations. God is the God in the church, the righteous and the unrighteous. So my challenge to you, by all means, anything you learn from Pastor Norbert, equipping and all the, the, the gems and the wisdom, find a friend. Be a friend. To those that are unbelieving, to those that are so far off, to those that are hopeless, to those that doesn't even know their, if their life has a purpose. That's why you're here. That's why you're learning all these things. Amen? So for those of us, when you and I put all this together, can you imagine the impact that God is going to do in your community? Amen? Our church has been blessed not just by you guys and other churches. And continue to pray for us because our heart really is, yes, corporate is so big on us, but it's also what happens on a Sunday and a Friday. And when we begin to communicate to one another what we've done and what we, what we have done so far and how to plant the seed in little things and the big things, those have become the culture of our church. So let me challenge you that as you begin to learn, I love that. I just, just that. Just don't set to where you are. Don't, don't be okay. Your life is not just a nurse, your career, your goals. You're here because God put you here for such a time like this. Exactly same locale, same place. So you can realize that what matters to God is His plan to be a God of a generation. Amen?
You should not stop from what your plans and goals to the year. Before we close, I'm going to tell you about the story of Gregory. He, he was actually texting me. I said, dude, stop the preaching, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> when I say to God, Lord, I want my life to matter. Because you look at to my life that you didn't give what I deserve. You took the penalty that I the penalty that I should take. You created a community in me that I don't deserve. You have given me a career that can help beyond what I could imagine. You have blessed me with kids and friends that celebrates me. And I said, Lord, I want to see and feel what you have for the community. And I remember when we began to move, where we're planning to move in Kissimmee, and I was telling Kuya that in Kissimmee area, there, there is no way in the world that you still can get like a, because at that time when we started, uh, we were paying a thousand. So when we look, every price is just shoot up, and we're like looking at 2200 And I'm like, I'm beginning to like, I'm not worrying. But I begin to say, Lord, you told me we got to move. We got to move location, right? But then God, we prayed, I shared it. They grabbed the, they grabbed the, the vision. They, they say, Pastor, we love it. Let's do it all together, right? <clears throat> so long story short, God had allowed us to, to, to move to a place. It's in a plaza. So instead of paying 2200 or 3000 we ended up keeping the prices that we have thousand dollars and there are three churches meeting there because we're praying how we can impact our community and that's not the beautiful part remember Gregory our first service I remember Gregory walked in we knew he's homeless because he's in his shoes and his clothes I said, Lord, I, I don't know how to deal with this, but we welcome him and stuff. And the story goes on, and Gregory begins to come regularly. He attended Wednesday. He attended our services. He pulled out a dollar and said, Pastor, where to put it? I said, dude, that's the only money you got, man. Keep it. <laughs> but he continued to give that dollar. I finally know his last name. And I see my, my, my members and my, my family loving him, connecting with him, texting him when he's got a load. Why am I sharing this thing? If you're looking to be the church that God wanted in the community, stop looking in the inside. Amen? But begin to ask the Lord, Lord, where are the people that are so marginalized by the community, that, that, that are so far from your hope, yet you want them to be, to be loved and to build the hope that regardless of the circumstances in their life, that you will begin to give the identity that you have created him. That's, that's Gregory's story. 
say, Pastor, thank you for inviting me. We knew he was homeless. I just began to have conversation with him, and uh, we have a lot of nurses too, and say, hey, Pastor, what can I do? I said, well, we'll take it one step at a time. We want him to, he's not a project to us. He's not a token of ministry to us. He's a person. And in your community, in your life, in your networks, and your circles of friends, there are people that God is drawing closer to you. So they can hear the hope, the love, the message of great news and the good news of the gospel. Amen. So I'm sorry I wasn't yelling at you guys. I just get too excited. That's just one of the stories that God has begun to, to change in our hearts. That this so-called church, it's more than that. Amen? I want you to look around. Do me a favor. Just don't say anything. Just look around you. Look at the back. If you got a stiff neck, don't blame me because you decided to be there, brother. You're way far there, man. The reason why I want you to look because these are the very people that you need to lock arms with. Excuse to them. Come help water. You better protect one another. Amen? Love your pastors and your ministers. Love your leaders. Love your people. Because it is not ending here. God knows that God bless you with 20, 30 years and stuff. I'm not there anymore. He will continue to bless this community through point of grace and through your faith. Amen? Brothers and sisters, we have a great task ahead of us. And my prayer to you is that you will hold on to God's truth because that's what's going to matter at the end of the day. Amen? That when you're feeling lost and you're burnt out and you're disillusioned whether God is going to bless this church, never entertain that thought again. You're here, that means God is blessing the church. Amen? God loves you. God loves your community. And there's nothing in this world that can separate anything. That's what Romans says. And so my prayer of reminder as you look at first Psalm 19, the only difference that Jonathan and David hold, regardless of the opposition, is a challenge. Because they knew within our hearts, through God's word, that God has a plan. Amen. Say this to yourself. Do me a favor. We're all not crazy. Everybody, everybody thinks Christians are crazy anyways. Say this to yourself. God has a plan for me. God is not done with me yet. And God is using my life for his glory, for his kingdom. Every ounce that I am. So thank you, God, for making me a part of your church, your community. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus.
Amen and amen.